Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day to you. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, we don't take one day out of the year to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection of Christ better be resident in our hearts, in our minds, every day and every breathing moment that we have. And so uh, we do say Happy Easter to you. Thank you. Uh, All of you that are online, what's up? Let us know that you're there. And if you're visiting, um, there's a place where you can send us uh, your information. We'd love to connect with you afterwards. And for those who might be visiting today, we do have a a connection center in the back. And we have a, 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 a bag that we'd like to give you with some pretty cool stuff in it. And uh, there's a card in there that we would love for you to fill out so we can get back in touch with you. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for, for today. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that, um, that we can uh, gather together before you and celebrate this day, and not just here, but all throughout this valley and all throughout our nation and all throughout this world. Uh, Jesus, you have our eyes and ears and our hearts. And so would you cause us to draw near to you? Uh, I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, the, the team of people that work so hard on the stage and the preparations and the setup and the sound and music and everything that has taken place to, uh, to just make uh, this moment in time uh, really cool. And so, Lord, would you pour a blessing upon them And would you lead us and guide us in your truth, in your word right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You know what? Point at somebody and have a seat. (laughs) Um, Change. Change. The strip is empty. No sports. Hours have been cut or jobs have been lost. Food supplies are short. Grocery store lines are long. There's no toilet paper. The effects of COVID-19 on our nation before we even knew what the effects of COVID-19 would be. We are quarantined and coming to you live via Facebook public Easter celebrations have been postponed, canceled. The only constant in our world is change. Those words I spoke last year on Easter Sunday. And as we were preparing for Easter And then we're like, wait a minute, we may not be able to gather and meet. And so a small, small contingent of us gathered here on a Friday night with a nice backdrop in the the background. These are awesome, by the way, aren't they? If you are a creative artist, our creative arts team is just really, really excelling. (laughs) You might want to be a part of it. We had a backdrop in the background and um, uh, a ladder here in the center hooked up to an iPhone that was recording and, and it was just us. And it was the strangest thing to be doing this all alone. 
And here we are a year later. This year, we've experienced sickness, money issues, troubles in relationships. One of the effects of COVID-19 has been the suicide rate of even young people who have not been together in school and have, their worlds have been turned upside down. Death. We recently, uh, I think it was uh, earlier this year, if not last year, Don and I went to three funerals in two days. People are angry, fearful, um, depressed, and there's much sorrow. Life is filled with ups and downs, isn't it? There's an author, Kay Warren, in a book that she entitled, Choose Joy Because Happiness Isn't Good Enough. And in her book, she says that it's really not about life's ups and downs. Well, that's true. She said that it's, it's, it's joy and sorrow. And she likened both joy and sorrow to tracks like, like railroad tracks that are parallel tracks. Because in one moment, you could be experiencing joy and in the next moment, sorrow. Or you could be experiencing sorrow and in the next moment, joy. And so not so much up and down, but parallel truths that we have to navigate. Later on this afternoon, I have the privilege of a funeral service for a 22-year-old young man who had brain cancer. And when they did the biopsy to try to help determine the next steps, um, it, it, he, he never recovered from it. He lost his ability to walk. He lost his ability to speak, and eventually he got that back. Uh, and and, and, and to today, as we celebrate Easter, I, through God's providence, get to go and speak to a family about sorrow. Happy Easter, everybody. Y'all didn't say that very loud. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Our message today is the joy of Easter. The joy of Easter. And we celebrate that every day Easter. Joy. Um, lots of folks have tried to find it. It can be rather elusive in our world. Some believe they found it. Some are pretty sure they haven't found it. Maybe it's something we found for a season and then it seems to disappear. Um, maybe it's easier to describe where joy can't be found. It's not in unbelief, Voltaire 
was an infidel of the most pronounced type, and he wrote, I wish I had never been born. You can't find joy and pleasure. Oh, we think we can. Lord Byron's life was filled of pleasure. Um, If anyone had pleasure, and he wrote, the worm, the canker, and grief are mine alone. You can't find joy and money. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Yes, you can. And yet we read stories all the time of people who have more money than they know what to do with, and joy seems elusive in our own history. We know the story of Howard Hughes, who had as much money as anybody, and it literally set him on a course of destruction. We know that story. It's part of our, 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 our city's story. Jay Gould, the American millionaire, had plenty of that. You can tell how old this illustration is because we'd be billionaires now. When dying, he said, I suppose I am the most miserable man on earth. Can't find joy in position or fame. Lord Beaconsfield enjoyed more than his share of both. And he wrote, youth is a mistake, manhood a struggle, and age a regret. Ah. You can't find joy in glory, especially military glory. Alexander the Great conquered the known world in his day. And having done so, he wept in his tent. And he said these words, there are no more worlds to conquer. That's from the Bible friend Turning Point that was written in May of 1993. So, so this morning, it is the joy of Easter. Question, where can true joy be found? Oh, I know, it's a church. Y'all know the answer. We live this every day. Well, where can joy be found? Real joy, true joy. The Bible has a lot to say about joy. I've never heard anyone who complained about the Bible maybe not being true or had some intellectual argument against it, I've never heard anyone say, well, you know what? That book is just a book of joy. And who needs that? If you've, I've read the Bible and, it, and everything's so joyful in there. I've, I've never heard anyone argue that. And the Bible has a lot to say about joy. Job chapter 38 um, uh, God is questioning Job and he's asking him some probing questions that the greatest minds that ever lived could not answer. And he says, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much, who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundation and who laid its cornerstone? Okay, okay, can we take this final next week? I'm going to need to do a little research on that, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, And then verse 7 says, as the morning stars sang together and the angels shouted for joy. Oh, man. How about 1 Chronicles 15, 16? It says this in the New Living Translation, that David also ordered the Levite singers to appoint a choir of Levites uh, who were singers and musicians to sing what? Joyful songs. Yeah, David said, okay, let's check it out. We're going to put a choir together, and we're going to put the instruments together, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to praise the Lord with joy. Hey, hey, you back there, you don't have joy. Out you go. You got to have joy. If you... That was their job. So how, how'd it go? Well, it's going pretty good. 
yep, we, we're pretty joyful guys. We just, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I work in the temple and I sing joyously. <laughs> Play the harp sometimes, just depends. But it's, that's what we do. We praise the Lord. Luke chapter 2, you know the story. Were you guys thrown off by the Christmas song, Joy to the World, today? You were thrown off a little bit. Yeah, those words are powerful. The Lord has come, let earth receive her king. Yeah, that's a great song for for Easter. Luke chapter 2, verse 28, you know the story of the shepherds in the fields nearby guarding the flocks and suddenly an angel of the Lord appears among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded and and of course they were terrified and Luke 2, 28, um, verse 10 says, but the angel assured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great, what? Joy to all people, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. (sighs) Luke chapter 10, verse 21, it says this about our Lord and Savior Jesus. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Oh, oh, the Bible... We could spend weeks and weeks talking about the joy that is mentioned in the Bible. (laughs) We could. And you might be thinking, oh, okay, that's okay. But what what about hard times? I mean, how realistic is that today with everything going on in our culture? No, I hear you. I hear you. Now, I'm told that when you go to buy a diamond that oftentimes the, the jeweler will, will put it against a black velvet backdrop. And the reason is because the, the facets and the, and the beauty of the, of the stone are accentuated when something dark is behind it. And I think joy is like that. I think the beauty of joy is is accentuated maybe at its best in, the, in comparison or in contrast to a dark circumstance or a dark situation. Amen. The Bible speaks of joy and persecution. Matthew 15, 12, Rejoice, Jesus says, and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It speaks of joy and sorrow. 2 Corinthians 6.10, Paul the Apostle gives his credentials for the ministry, and he says one of them was, we were as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Sorrow and joy parallel tracks. Philippians 4.4, Paul the Apostle is writing from uh, from prison. He's in lockdown and it's not sanitary and clean and it's nasty and it's, it's hard and nobody cared if you died. In fact, the jailers would just, would just as soon hope that you died make their job easier. And he, he writes this book to the church in Philippi and, and some... Uh, 16 times it's filled with joy. 
And he says in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And the Amplified Bible says, Delight and take pleasure in Him. And I will say, Rejoice. And so we come to Easter and the message of joy in the midst of the dark background that we've all experienced in of life. And true in this story, it's as dark as it can possibly be. It's bad. Christ has been crucified between two thieves. They saw him, or the ladies did anyway. Uh, the disciples were gone. Uh, they, they saw him breathe his last breath. Uh, they, they know that a spear pierced his side and, and blood and water came out that, that uh, uh, the, 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 the Roman soldiers uh, broke the legs of the thieves on both sides because they wanted to hurry up the process of crucifixion death. And they came to Jesus. He was already dead. But just to be sure, they put that lance up his side and, and, and broke the, that, that sack around the heart. Uh, and yes, he was dead. They know that. Joseph of Arimathea has asked Pontius Pilate for his body so that he can give him a decent burial and you want to leave him up on that cross? We got we to gotta take care of him. And he, and he took him and put him in his own sepulcher, his own tomb. A stone, a massive stone has been rolled in front of, of, of the tomb. And the guards have been placed in front of the tomb. Listen, it's over. It's over. There's no joy in the land. The only joy are the religious leaders that are happy that they finally got rid of this insurrection or the Romans were and the religious leaders were, were finally, were, were thankful that they finally got rid of this religious cult. So they thought. That's the reality. That's dark. Then Christ is risen. There's a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord descends from heaven and he rolls away the stone and then he sits on it. Yo, what's up? The guards tremble and they pass out for fear and everything's changed. Sorrow, joy, Every encounter that Jesus has when he raises from the dead, there's, there's, there's bewilderment, there's excitement, and in some there's joy. And I've, I wrote this down, there's joy when I encounter the risen Jesus. When you, when you encounter the risen Jesus, there are, there are multiple responses to that. Some people need a little more time to think about it. Some, some people, they're, 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 they're not ready and, and they don't, there's nothing you could tell them because they're not going to make that, that, that journey to Christ. Uh, others uh, maybe are a little skeptical and, and some recognize who he is and, and, they, and they realize that he truly has risen from the dead. And that's a life changer. So I wrote this down. There's joy when I encounter the risen Jesus if I believe and surrender to his lordship in my life. If I believe and surrender. Matthew chapter 28 verse 7. 
It says, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee where you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So the ladies went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by his feet and they worshiped him. I mean, can you, I, I, I want to I ask you, can you imagine that? But I can't. I, we, we weren't there. I'm, how could they not, how could, that, how could that not completely change your life? How could that not? They encountered the risen Jesus and they worshiped him. John 20, 19 says, Now when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors were shut uh, where the disciples were together due to fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be to you. And when he saw, uh, when, he, uh, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples, what? Rejoiced. There it is. <laughs> They rejoiced when they saw the Lord like, oh, nothing quiet about this celebration. Luke chapter 24, verse 20 goes on a little bit further and it says, verse 41, uh, still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. Now, broiled fish. Now, guys, you got to love that. I mean, you just got to, like, they were bewildered and like, no, is it true? No, that's him. But how could it be? And they're trying to reconcile this. And Jesus, knowing their, their, everything going on in their mind, goes, anybody got any fish here? I'm like, hungry, okay? It's been three days. I haven't eaten what you got. And he starts eating fish. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's truly him. Look, he's eating fish. You like a little salt with that, Lord? I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I, think, I think of all the things that Jesus could say. I mean, he so meets us right where we are. I know you're having a hard time with this. Let me get a sip of that, okay? Hey, you don't mind if I drink after you do, but... Oh, anybody got a fish? Yeah. Yeah, he's eating. Yeah, it's real. No, we saw him. Bro, no, it's real. Dude, he ate fish. <laughs> um, uh, Luke 24, 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted, he, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Verse 52 says, And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. Mm. Happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter, guys. Do you know that joy is a choice? This is where we get practical. And this is where we apply this. 
to our lives, not just on Resurrection Sunday, but every day. This is where what Jesus did 2,000 years ago affects me today, should I choose to follow it. Philippians 4, 4, Paul the Apostle says, and again, remember he's writing this from lockdown in prison, and he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And that means delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I will say Rejoice 14 times. I think I said 13 earlier. 14 times he mentions this, this, this mindset. And it seems so strange given where he's at. And I wrote this down that our inner attitudes don't have to reflect our outer circumstances. Our inward attitudes don't have to reflect our outward circumstances. But here's the key. He says rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. To be in the Lord is a preposition that means that you are dynamically united to him, that you have relationship with him, and that you, you have surrendered your heart, your will, your life, and embraced Jesus as your Lord, master, savior, owner. Uh, that, that's what it means to be in him. Uh, and, it's, and it's rejoice in the Lord, always. We don't always rejoice in our circumstances because we have hard circumstances. And we're not thankful for those circumstances, but we rejoice in the Lord of all circumstances. Can you say amen to that? That's why Paul could say from where he was, not knowing what was going to happen next, he could say, Rejoice to the church at Philippi. Rejoice in the Lord always. So I wrote this down. Joy has a reason. And that reason is Jesus. Joy has a source. And that source is Jesus. It doesn't necessarily relate to happiness. We want to be happy. Happiness is not an end in our many in in life we tend to think of happiness as an end to a means but it's not i tell people that in in marriage counseling when i do marriage counseling that that don't depend on your marriage to make you happy people b- get married and they believe this person will make me happy And I say, time out, if you ain't happy now, they ain't going to make you happy. Why would you expect another human being to do something for you that only God can do for you? If you are not content in Jesus now, you're going to be miscontent. Is that a word? When Teacher, no. You're going to be, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to make me happy. I'm sorry, but your husband's not God. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't necessarily relate to happiness, which is based on circumstances. Here's here's the best definition of joy that that I found uh, over the years, and it's by Kay Warren. Choose joy because happiness isn't enough. She says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. 
the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. You'll find nothing in that definition about happy feelings because we, as we all know, happiness is fleeting and temporary. I want to talk to you lastly about joy in advance. Joy in advance. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. If you... You know, for us, you know, growing up in Southern California, going to Disneyland, duh. Mama says, we're going to Disneyland on Friday. I'm like, yeah. All week long. I'm like, man, what day is it? Come on, Friday. Come on. I'm excited. I got joy, and we haven't even left yet. Oh, if you've been engaged, you might remember this. I, I, was, I was Looney Tunes when I was engaged. I checked out of reality. I was floating in the air. I'm like, I know it's three in the morning, girl. And I got a meeting at 6, but it's all right. What else is going on? Like, on the phone. On the phone. He gets clarified there, you know. <laughs> oh, man. I had, my engagement period was so joyful. And I wasn't married yet. Oh, but I had joy in advance. You know you there times in your life when you had joy in advance. You, there was a date on the calendar for something you've been waiting on, and here, and it's coming, and oh, you know, oh, it's just, it's, am, am I right? Yeah. I'm going to talk to you about joy in advance. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, how Jesus had joy in advance. It says this, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, get this, happy resurrection day, who for the joy whew, set before him. Endured the cross, despising its shame. <clears throat> and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Joy and sorrow. We understand the agony of the cross. Maybe we don't understand. I don't know. We read about it. We understand there was no resurrection until there was a crucifixion. Sorrow and joy. Parallel tracks. The Amplified Bible says, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, 
dis- disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the seat of authority. <laughs> when you sit at the right hand, that's the seat of authority. Revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Jesus did not regard the cross itself as joyful. But he took or he could look past the agony of the cross and enjoy the joy beyond it. And there were many things that were the joy beyond it. But I think first and foremost, the joy beyond it was you. I think that Jesus endured the cross despising its shame because he knew that one day you would come to him and it would be worth it to him. He said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? And in one statement, Jesus says, one soul is worth more than all the riches of the world in God's economy. One soul. One. One. Happy Easter, everybody. Don't ever forget that before the resurrection, there was a crucifixion. And the crucifixion is people will try to say the Romans killed Jesus. No, the The Jews killed Jesus. No, it was the religious establishment that killed Jesus. No, it was me. It was me. Me. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Mission accomplished in my life. How about you? To be lost means you don't know the way home and you're wandering aimlessly. And Jesus brings us home and we are no longer lost, but we are found. Our friends the lost boys of Sudan. That was a name that people gave them because by the thousands they wandered in the, in the, uh, in the wilderness of, of Africa trying to find a home. Many of them found a home in a refugee camp and found a home here in Las Vegas. And sometimes when I introduce them, I say, Mobir was a lost boy, but he's been found. <laughs> Jesus makes a promise to us in John chapter 16, verse 22. It's really a promise to his disciples, but I think it's a promise that we can grab a hold of too. He says, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. Can I ask you a question, Christian? Has someone taken your joy? Has something taken your joy? And joy is not necessarily indicated by volume. It's indicated by a quiet contentment of the heart. 
may I remind you this resurrection day that your joy is not based on the tough circumstances you might be facing. And they're real, and we don't deny those. But your joy is in the person of Jesus Christ. And no one can take your joy from you, but you can give it away. So, tonight, I get to speak at a funeral for a 22-year-old boy who lost his life, and his family is devastated. And I get to talk about the sorrow and the reality of it. And I get to talk about the joy as this young man was a follower of Jesus and that one day they will see him again. See, those are two tracks, aren't they? They're sorrowful, but by God's grace, they can be joyful in their sorrow I have a question for you. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, where do you go with that? How do you process that? I don't know. I don't know. Here's what um, Kay Warren says in her book. If you look down train tracks into the brightness of the horizon... The tracks become one. You can't distinguish them as two separate tracks. That's how it will be for us too. One day, our parallel tracks of joy and sorrow will merge into one. The day we meet Jesus Christ in person and see the brightness of who he is, it will all come together for us. Then it will make complete sense then it will make complete sense. So I close with this. Happy Resurrection Day, church. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. He rejoices over you with singing. May your joy be filled to the fullest and may your joy overflow Are you in the Lord this morning? Don't answer. It's between you and him. I have found that when you're in the Lord, you know it. And when you're not in the Lord, you know it. It's like the young lady who asked me when I was sort of dating the church. I wasn't married yet. I was dating the church. And she said, are you born again? And I said, well kind of new. She's kind of checking it out. And she goes, I didn't ask you that. Are you born again? I said, well, kind of new. She's checking it out. Haven't really committed yet. And she said, you're either born again or you're not. And I'm like, dang, girl, back, you don't even know me that well. You don't know my story. You don't know nothing about me. You know of me. You don't know me. I got all defensive, right? <laughs> Isn't it funny what you remember? She was right. Because you're either in Christ or you're not. 
there's no DMZ zone. There's no, well, I'm kind of partly there. To be partly there is to not be all the way there. It's like Jesus didn't go halfway to the cross. Like, well, I'm kind of like partly crucified, but not completely. You know, I'm still thinking about that whole cross thing, trying to get out of that. But, I, you know, joy set before me. I won't endure. No, he went the whole distance so that you would go the whole way for him. He didn't say, he didn't say go the whole way because you need to. He will say, look at what I did. Go the whole way. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Y'all know that scripture? Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know what it says after that? Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, everybody. Every day Easter. Whatever circumstance or situation you might be going through, may you find the joy of the Lord and may you rejoice in the Lord and may Resurrection Sunday be resident in your heart every day because of who he is and what he has done. Let's all stand, shall we? All right, Jesus, we thank you for this amazing day. It's a beautiful day, even though it's 92 degrees this afternoon. What? God, we thank you for it. We thank you, God, that we can gather together as your family, and we thank you for your grace poured out. You're a good God. You love us. And of all the things that you can provide for us, you, you, you say you'll, you'll provide all of our needs. You say that you will give us your Holy Spirit who will, who will convict us and lead us to righteousness and will interpret the word of God for us. And, and you have given us joy. You've given us joy, God. So may we, may we walk in your grace and in your mercy and Father, I pray for, for anyone that today might be like, you know what, I'm not in Christ, but I want to be because you have moved upon their heart and they recognize the need for your grace. And if that is you, would you very simply just raise your hand and, and look up at me if you have said today, Lord, I, I receive your goodness I have been running from you, God. I've been distant from you, and you haven't moved. I have. But I want to settle the issue now. Uh, uh, I want to be born again into the family of God and into the grace of God. If that is you, would you just lift up your hand and just look at me? I wonder if there's anyone here that would say yes to that. Anyone at all? All right. Anyone at all? God, thank you. You see hearts and you see hands and you know all things, Lord. And so, Father, we thank you for your grace poured out. We thank you for your love for us, O oh God. And may we have joy today in the, in, in the midst of whatever sorrow we might be facing. I pray for this family tonight, O oh God, that you would pour out your spirit in an abundant way, that it wouldn't be me or it, wouldn't, it, would, it would be you, Lord. Do something special for them. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, we lift up all of these things to you and thank you in advance. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.